you know, some of these boomers' homes may not be the best house for the first-time home buyer. They're looking for, you know, smaller homes, smaller footprints. Will you break a leg? You break a leg, it happens so fast. But when it heals, it takes a very long time to heal. Same applies with interest rates. I don't know, it's gonna be interesting to watch. This is kind of a, you don't know what's gonna happen, you just sit back and wait for it. Welcome to the Urban Connect Podcast, where the real estate journey unfolds into vibrant conversations. I'm Jennifer Ashampo, the broker and owner of Urban Provision Realtors, and I'm excited to host you for another thrilling season. If you found your way here, odds are you're navigating the real estate scene as a buyer, seller, or a homeowner who desires more clarity on the ever-evolving real estate landscape here in Texas. Well, buckle up because you've landed in the right place. In each episode, I'll explore a wide range of topics, arming you with the indispensable insights and tools for mastering the intricate real estate landscape. From exclusive home selling tips to decoding the freshest market trends and more, this podcast will serve as your ultimate guide, offering an immersive experience crafted to elevate your understanding and keep you ahead in the dynamic world of real estate. During your second season, You can expect profound perspectives and exclusive industry insights, keeping you at the forefront of real estate expertise and ensure you will stand well-equipped for success the next time you navigate a real estate transaction. Relax and get ready to boost your real estate expertise with the Urban Connect podcast. So welcome to the first episode of 2024 and our second season. I'm excited to have you listening and have you back. I am also equally excited to dive into some of the extensive um, insights and industry information that I spoke to in our intro, and I want to offer that deeper comprehension about transactions in my future episodes. However, I believe it's very wise of me to begin at a very measured pace and setting the tone of this next year by discussing market predictions and forecasting and letting you know what's anticipated, what lies ahead in 2024. As you heard in our final episode of 2023, we've had a wild ride and a big roller coaster of the last three years. And 2023 was no exception. So with this said, I think it's prudent for me to take a, a very slow measured pace and to go over some of these market predictions that we're hearing in the industry. Um, I had anticipated having a analyst on. I felt it was not right at this time because I didn't want to go into a high-level episode with lots of big terms. I wanted to really break it down and on a smaller level to you and talk to you just on one-on-one as my first episode of 2024. So here we go. So inventory. Inventory is kind of the root of everything we need to know in real estate. So inventory tells us if we're in a buyer's market, seller's market, or balanced market. And the rule of thumb is anything over six months is a buyer's market. Anything under six months, seller's market. And anything right at six months, the balanced market. Now, as you know and can imagine, there have been many months in the past three years that we have been well under six months in in a seller's market um, for our inventory, right? So despite all odds, we have had a higher percentage of home buyers, especially first-time home buyers, in the last 
12 months. And that year, I mean, we have December numbers yet, but as of the first 11 months, the percentage of home buyers, especially those of first-time home buyers, rose. Um, and the all, despite all odds, is higher interest rates, um, slower market, less homes on the market, fewer homes on the market, jobs, um, losses, higher prices at the grocery store, at the gas pump, you name it. Right. So that tells me that people are getting acclimated with the higher interest rates and they're just moving forward because they know time value of money, the moment they don't, they're going to spend more. So in a typical year, now I'm going to talk about some national stats. Um, in a typical year, 5.2 million is about the average of existing sales uh, on a national perspective, right? So in homes generally rise about 4%. Now, from a Texas standpoint, I don't have the number millions of sales of existing homes on a, on a local perspective from a state perspective. But I do know that up until COVID, or actually, let me say this the right way. Up until about 2020, 2012, we had a slow and steady wins the race. Um, home prices rose about 4% year to year to year. Now, since 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, since those years, we've had generally about a 10% increase, but that was our norm. And then we had slow and steady 4% for a couple of years. And then we were faced with the pandemic and COVID and the shortages of inventory, which, you know, made um, values increase substantially. But it's been a long time since we've seen typical. When I say a long time, I'm not talking about that very short time from like 17, 18, 19, because we were still trying to navigate our new market at that point before COVID set in. So as a result, the number of home sales for 2023 will likely be at its very lowest since 2010. 2010 is the last year of normal in Texas. While we see, we will see some activity pick up in 2024. Yes, we will. And transactions will still be, you know, done, but we're still going to have a below average transaction volume. And I would be interested to see how close the the volume comes to the, the national 5.2 average. I, I don't think it's going to, even for 2024. So while inventory is going to increase somewhat for next year, uh, supply is going to be low. And the reason for this is, is our boomers. We have to blame it on our parents, right? So they largely are staying in their homes longer. Most of them were afforded the opportunity to get into interest rates sub 3% um, because they were refinanced when rates got low. Um, all of these people remember the, the high 18% interest rates back in the 80s. So when they had the opportunity to get a lower rate, they did. And that is one of the reasons why we're going to have a lack of homes on the market because they are not going to downsize once their, you know, children leave and to a higher interest rate. So that is going to contribute to lower inventory levels and a slower pace for the, at least the first quarter, the first half of the year. Now, with the number of buyers, and this is kind of, um, this was interesting to me because I, I definitely have seen a surge in multi-generational housing. When I say multi-generational housing, not multi-generational housing where you have like one 
two kitchens and two primary you know, suites and one living space. We're still trying to get there as a society and with our infrastructure, with our housing. But what we are there is we're, we're there with kids going off to college, coming back home, not getting a job, not getting a job at the right income level, going back to home to live with mom and dad. So adult children living with parents or like grandparents living with the parents or child living with a grandparent or aunt or uncle. So they're living under the same roof line. Um, so it's considered about 31% of home buyers having more than one adult child or one parent living under the same roof line. That's huge. Now, we talked about baby boomers staying in homes longer, but also the age of the first-time home buyer is much older. The average age of a millennial right now is, or the first millennial is for around 42, and the average age of the first-time home buyer is 36. So it's much older than it was. And you think about when your parents bought their first house, it wasn't 36. It was probably in their 20s or, or early 30s. So um, your first-time home buyer is an older kind of crop of buyer. And um, this is something that just organically has happened in the, in the wake of the, of the COVID pandemic is home sales to international buyers has declined. But once they return to the market, then there's going to be a big boost in buying. So again, once interest rates um, start to drop, the boomers will foresee downsizing and selling some of those big houses to um, first-time home buyers. But you know, it's unfortunate the first-time home buyers their their style of house has changed, and so you know some of these boomers' homes may not be the best house for the first-time home buyer. They're looking for you know smaller homes, smaller footprints because their d- desires are a little bit different. Now, mortgage interest rates so. Mortgage interest rates reached a two-decade high in the fourth quarter of 2023. They reached over 8%. Now, they're down in the sevens, and they will be be able to come down um, in 2024, it looks like. That's what the speculation is. But interest rates are not coming down to pre-pandemic levels. So I would not anticipate um, hope getting in below five, four, three, down to two anytime soon, right? So if you think about, uh, we talked about this in the uh, final episode of 2023, where you break a leg, you break a leg, it happens so fast, but when it heals, it takes a very long time to heal. Same applies with interest rates. The um, interest rate surge, super fast. That's what happened during the pandemic to fight off inflation. They didn't work. And now it's just going to take a, a long period of time for them to surge back down and they're not going to surge, it's going to trickle down very slowly. It's going to be like a little water faucet, a very annoying water faucet. It's going to take forever for it to fill up a, a water basin. So we're in the new era for mortgage rates where prospective home buyers should expect rates to settle between six and seven. And, you know, maybe by the end of the year, maybe uh, six and six and a half. But remember, you always have to remember, if you're a buyer, between five and eight, that's normal. That's a normal, healthy interest rate for our economy. Two, three, four was not normal, and it wasn't healthy. And that's why we're in the predicament we're in. We, we, those interest rates stayed far too low for far too long. 
And I firmly believe, have we not been uh, faced with the, the pandemic, that we would have seen a surge in interest rates in 2019 going into 2020. We were starting to see a slowdown at that point. But the Fed decided to leave rates low during the pandemic days. And I think that was a mistake. I mean, I know why they did, um, but that led to the reason why they're so high now and how long they've been this high. So I found it very fascinating to hear that um, Lawrence Yan, who's NAR's chief economist, um, when he spoke at the National Association of Realtors Conference in November, that he expected there would be um, a return to a greater interest of adjustable rate mortgages or what's called ARMS throughout the next year. And he proposed that there's going to be a a sliver of the buyer pool who remembers our mortgages years ago, taking out arms because it made sense. Prior to 2006, before the industry was overhauled, those buyers are going to see the value in taking out our adjustable rate mortgage and waiting until interest rates drop and then refinancing at that point. But it will get them into the house now. After the year, he feels that the interest rates hopefully will be in a a ballpark that the 30-year traditional will be the new norm. So predicting what home prices are going to do is like, it's hard. And it's going to determine who comes back to enter the marketplace first. So if buyers come back and enter the marketplace before sellers, there may be more buyers than there are sellers and there's going to be price increases and shortages. If sellers are lured back before the buyers show back up in the marketplace, we could open in a dip, a slight reduction in value. And But it's expected to be modest if that happens. I just think that we don't know who's going to hit first. The sellers who want to get out and are tired of waiting or the buyers who um, realize that the new interest rates are new and they're sticking around. So when we talk about interest rates, we have to keep three factors in mind. And one is GDP, other is jobs report, and other is CPI. I will go into detail of each one of these. So GDP is gross domestic product. And it's the monetary measure of the market value of all final goods and services produced in a specific time period by a country or even other countries. What's interesting is the latest figure, I think a new report just came out, uh, was better than historical averages, but there was still some worrying because business spending is flat and goods inventory is rising. So basically what's happening is products are being produced, but they're not being sold and they're not being sold because buyers are saving their money, right? Everything's more expensive now. They're not buying as much. You know, we just looked at the... um probably the reports of, you know, Good Friday shopping from 2016 to 2023. 2016, there was a line uh, waiting out in a store. Hours and hours and people camping out trying to get in for a sell. And if you look at 2023, you pulled up right before the store opened. And, you know, people are thinking about how to save their money and not spend it. So GDP is one of the reports that 
the Federal Reserve looks at to determine where we put in, where we interest rates, where they go, do they go up, do they go down? So if um, the GDP is looking worrisome, then interest rates are probably not going to come back down. Now, jobs report each month, the Bureau of Labor Statistics releases an employ, it's called an employment situation summary or a jobs report um, for the country. And it's considered one of the best economic indicators. It shares um, unemployment rates, hiring, salaries, much more. So it kind of gives an overhaul on what's happening for employment or unemployment. And jobs report's been showing positive signs. So that's been good. So you've probably said, oh, jobs report's out and it's, you know, great or it's improved. But each passing month is showing diminishing strength. And so based on this trend line, then the employment could be negatively impacted. So again, if we have GDP and job report as two of three of our, you know, of our legs on our little um, stool and two are not looking so great, I don't think interest rates are going to come down very fast. The last one um, that Federal Reserve takes a look at is um, CPI. And what CPI is, is a consumer price index. And it's a measure of the average change over time and prices paid by urban consumers for a, from basically a market of consumer goods and services. So um, it's much calmer now. And basically, because it's much calmer, it indicates the Federal Reserve should adjust its monetary policy or have its monetary policy not so tight. But for example, the 10-year treasury, remember, um, interest rates are based on bonds. The treasury yield is at 4.4, which historically means that interest rates could be at 6.4. But they're much higher today. They're in the sevens. So the they're higher because jobs report doesn't look so good and because GDP is looking worrisome. So all three of these categories are called stool legs have to... Um, all look great for the Federal um, Reserve to say, yes, we're going to lower interest rates. Another Lawrence Young also speculation is the amount of home sales, not prices, home sales will rise by 13.5% next year. This is across the board, not just in Texas. Mortgage interest rates will be between 6 and 7% by spring 2024. So that's not too far away. But what has to happen? I'm just curious to know what's going to happen with GDP and a jobs report, or is the Federal Reserve just going to lower interest rates um, in hopes that then there's more spending or the businesses are going to be able to take out more money or people are going to get more, more um, jobs are going to get better. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. This kind of a, you don't know what's going to happen. You just sit back and wait for it. So for some food for thought, um, consumers on both sides, it doesn't matter if you're a buyer or seller, you're going to need to analyze your your expectations and you know, try not to get their feet stuck in the sand is because there's going to be so many more buyers and sellers in the marketplace as interest rate drops. We talked about uh, multi-generational, boomers, first-time home buyers, international buyers. There have been so much pent-up demand since late 19, that honestly, I'd be scared if I was a buyer at this point. I would try to find a way to get into the marketplace now and be a homeowner and not be a buyer and refinance later. That would be my advice to you. So here's a fun fact for you. So the oldest millennial, so they're now in their early 40s, but the age of a first-time homebuyer 
is the highest on record. And the average age right now of a first-time home buyer is 36. Homeownership rates for this are significantly lower than prior generations. So you think of your prior generations, your mom and your dad. When did they buy a house in their 20s? And they, they had a house. It was a higher home ownership rate. So if millennials were homeowners at the same rate as Gen Xers or even boomers, there would be a 740 or almost 750,000 more homeowners in the U.S. That's a lot of pent-up demand. Some of them are just waiting for prices to drop. Some of them are waiting for interest rates to drop. Some's waiting for more inventory. You don't know what they're waiting for. So that's why time is value is money. I would get in if I can and figure out a way to get the lowest interest rate possible at the current time and find a way to refinance at a later time when interest rates drop. Now, anytime that we talk about market predictions and forecasting, we always have to think about different wild cards to consider. And wild cards. There could be another strain of coronavirus. We didn't realize how um, bad this strain was going to take us out and be a threat, kind of looking in the corner, but it was. You know, just a couple nights ago on the news, I heard that China is battling another virus, not a coronavirus, but another virus, and they're trying to navigate that as a country. There's geopolitical risks. There's you know, economic recessions that could amplify consumer anxiety um, that could lead to a lot less buying and selling. I mean, no one has said that we think we're going to have an economic recession, but you don't know. Presidential elections, they, t- they happen every four years and they have tend not to have a big impact on the housing market in most cycles, but this story could be different this year. So if there's any further deterioration on the political landscape, who knows what could happen? You know, interest rates could go up, they could go down. You know, there could be more stops in place that prevent homeownership. I mean, who knows? But again, these are wild cards. You don't know what's going to happen. There's no telling. Every four years, there's a, I just, I know there's every four years, there's a political election. There's a presidential election. That's a huge election. It could be the same party being reelected. It could be a new party coming in and not knowing what's going to happen. A lot of people fear their jobs at this time. It has been my experience when a presidential election year comes up, typically around March, April, May, the market gets a little bit slower and people try to wait it out and find out what's going to happen in that November election and see if they have a job or the market abruptly changes because of who is the next president, you know? So there's a lot of sit back and wait in an election year and we're in an election year starting this year. And now I'll leave you with this. 89% of home buyers use a real estate agent or broker to purchase their home because they said they they wanted to help to negotiate, explain, and understand the real estate market. And also 89% of home sellers use a real estate agent or broker to sell their home for the same reason. They wanted someone to help negotiate, explain parts of the contract, and understand what was going on. I speculate based on the level of pending litigation and, and already decided litigation across the U.S. These numbers are going to get a little bit bigger in the coming years uh, because uh, there's going to be 
a desire for more transparency in the industry and more transparency to what an average consumer, whether it be buyer or seller, is doing. They're not going to know. They're going to want someone to help navigate them. So I see hiring a professional to be will exceed 89% in coming years. And that information concludes our market report and our uh, forecasting for um, the start of the 2024 year. I'm excited what we're going to bring this year. I have um, working on a seller series. We just wrapped with the buyer series. Um, Seller series will kick off and give you a high-level perspective of what it looks like to be a seller, what to expect. Um, And then, of course, throughout the year, we'll dive deeper into both of those theories and pull out some very juicy nuggets out of each one. But for now, I thank you for tuning in to another episode of Urban Connect. Your continued support and listenership is truly appreciated. Whether you have been relaxing at home or you've been on the move, we are thrilled to have you share this time with us and are happy to share the content with you. If today's episode was meaningful and you value the uh, insights and information, consider becoming part of our growing Urban Connect community by following or subscribing to our podcast. Your support fuels our mission to reach an even wider audience. Your feedback is incredibly valuable as it feeds our drive for improvement and enables us to deliver even more insightful content to better serve our expanding audience. Insights are paramount and I'm generally excited to hear your perspectives and ideas at jennifer at urbanconnectpodcast.com. Keep those earbuds handy for another round of captivating discussions. Until then, I'm Jennifer Archambeau and I look forward to connecting with you and sharing more insights on the next episode of Urban Connect.